uh, I'm Jim Arrowsmith from Packton Park, the Free Range British Butchers. Um, backpacking around Australia, couldn't find a decent pork pie, so here we are. Right on. Okay. Uh, they say you should never meet your heroes. Uh, <laughs> I think you said, you said that the last time. You said that the last time we had Jim on. Okay. So the old ones still work. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, uh, I think Jim's company or is probably the most mentioned company on our podcast. It would be. It would be. Um, and this, this, we have to be clear as well. This is not an advertisement. It's just that, <laughs> just that we are massive fans of, of of black pudding and haggis and various yeah, other every, British foodstuffs. Everything that Packton Park produces, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Jim, it's not the, it's not the it's not the first time you've been on. You were on probably two years ago, I reckon, yep. du- during the middle of COVID. I reckon it was. So the first was in the middle of COVID. Um, then we did a, a follow-up. And yeah. this is the follow-up. I'm sure we did a follow-up. Or did you well, just come- we, we came and saw you at Moama. Um, yeah. And we talked yeah. about getting you back on. And then just, you know, the rest of life got in the way, I think. And well, this is us finally coming back to that. Good. Uh, which, yeah, there you go. Good, good to be back. Right. right. So let's let's get into the sixth sense. <clears throat> just because you're a regular guest doesn't mean you, you get let off, off the hook. Uh, so we're going to throw six uh, statements at you or words, and you come back with the first thing that comes to mind. So Matt's, Matt's going to keep count to make sure that we actually do six, uh, otherwise we'll forget. Matt, you you go first. Uh, I'll go with um, food inflation. Uh, Cranky Moses. <laughs> Favourite musician. Oh, my word. Um You've got me stumped. Can I go for a band? Yeah, you go for a band, yeah. yeah. Uh, Killers. Oh, oh yeah, they're good. Enough. Good, yeah. good choice. What about um, your favourite Packton Park item? Uh, it changes with the seasons, but at the moment, it's a pig in blanket. Although, if you oh, ask, yeah. yeah. For nah, those but... that aren't, for those that aren't familiar with pig in blanket, what can you? It's a chipolata pork sausage wrapped with streaky bacon. And you traditionally, you'd always have them with your turkey. You roast them in the oven. They're just, everything's better with bacon. They're insane. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've, the amount we're doing this Christmas is staggering. We've just done new retail packaging for them, and every man and his dog wants them. So, and that's a that's a traditional, obviously, Andrew, it's very nostalgic for Andrew, that particular product. For anyone that's from the UK, it's quite a popular one this time of year, right? Huge, yeah, really big. That's the one thing that at the Christmas dinner you just wanted extra that you couldn't you couldn't make enough of them. That's all you <laughs> wanted was just. I, I just think Christmas dinner should just be massive plate loads of piggies in a blanket. I, I agree. F- forget the turkey. <laughs> just short of. <laughs> all right, we're, we're, we're deviating from the from the six cents. We're only on right. three so far. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. Oh, uh, um, the King. The the Henry yeah. VIII, the, the one with the one with oh that's the new one yeah not the not the King I was, I was about to think of the King's speech you meant in, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah Core one is epic Gosh, that's one. a big that's a big call to have a new movie as your as your all time favorite yeah 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 well I would t- tend to go with the Snatch uh, Lockstock oh, oh, yes yeah. yeah that is that that's a classic I was just talking about that the other day with some you like yesterday. dogs. Yeah, they, exactly that. Someone was mentioning Brad Pitt, 
Brad Pitt, and we, and we spoke about Brad Pitt's roles, and I said one of his best roles was his role in, in Snatch. That's one of his epic roles, I reckon. I thought he was good in Fury as well. Yeah, really good. And that was a good film. That was a sort of film yeah. people forget about. Right, Matt? Uh, yeah, uh, the processing labour market at the moment. Um, uh, Tricky. <laughs> That's my word. <laughs> we'll, we'll jump into that a bit more detail. Uh, favorite alcoholic beverage, favorite tipple, um, a, a GT. Okay. That's very in vogue at the moment, as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's good summer drink, isn't it? Not that we, that we don't want to encourage the overconsumption of alcohol, Andrew, though. We want to be, be responsible. responsible, and you can get non alcoholic gin these days as well, Jim, just if you're interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's that's the six done. So lots of favourites in there. Lots of stuff to discuss. Really. Um, do, you, do you want to start with that with that thing on the labour side because that's probably one that's you know, yeah, kind sure. of interesting. Well, we we're in a, a peculiar situation in Atchukamama because we had floods just over a year ago, um, and the town was saved. It was it was such an interesting time to to be alive. It was I could only relate it to Blitz Spirit in town. So basically, Rochester, which is the small town south of us got wiped out. Sort of a heavy rain, they were wiped out. They'd not experienced floods like this in life forever. And Echuca being downstream, we knew it was coming. So the whole town, and Echuca in Aboriginal means meeting of the waters. We've got three river system or rivers, the Murray, the Compassby and the Goulburn. So if all these flooded at once, we'd be in a pickle. But we knew it was coming, so the town rallied. We sandbags, the army were brought in. Fortunately, the Compassby didn't wipe out most of the town and it, it sort of it's it lowered just as the Goulburn rose and then that lowered and then the Murray rose so we sort of survived serious catastrophe but it meant that um basically all the farmland around Echuca Rochester were homeless because their houses were flood damaged so there was basically no rental property in town um plus COVID we had a lot of people moving from Melbourne um, retirees mainly, so the housing stocks are limited. So our target workforce um, couldn't really afford to be in town. So in the past, we'd put a, a job ad out and we'd have 40, 50 applicants. We were getting one, two. Oh, and is this is this the kind of the more seasonal? Not this is in your regular work, but this is if you if you're ramping up for the season, you get some additional ones in. Is that right? Um, not so much. We we sort of. We try and keep the same number of, of team members all year. Certain points of the year, everyone goes on holiday, so we have sort of staggered weeks off, and then we stop power for Christmas. Then we don't run certain lines in December because we've got plenty of those stockpiles. So we sort of try and have the same team all year, and then obviously as we grow, we'll add an extra member, or you know, we'll replace or what have you. Um, we don't. Fortunately, we don't have particularly high staff turnover. Touch wood. Um, Bacon Butties sort of uh, keeps them on. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like, how, how, like if I lived in a Chukamuama, I'd be volunteering. I'd be like, I'll do Saturday and Sunday for nothing. Just give me, give me a, a basket. The, yeah. uh, but, it, but it is interesting because that story about lack of access to staff because of housing, like you, you're a small scale producer, yeah? Yeah. That is replicated in Esperance with the yeah. abattoir there and Catanning, uh, Southern Victoria, abattoirs mm. there. Like, yeah, every, abattoir, every, yeah, 
accommodation, lack of accommodation is one of the key yeah. limiting factors on, like, you know, obviously the staffing, for, even for the big abattoirs, they're staffing at a set level, but the lack of accommodation is well, another factor why they can't increase that level. Well, do you remember, Matthew, when uh, we we had staff members, we had staff issues with the farm? The, the pig farm. Well, that's and, one of the and, reasons. And yeah, that's remember we had that guy who applied for the job and was keen for the farm manager's job, and yep. we spent like two weeks looking for a house for him. I reckon yeah. it was closer. To, I reckon it was closer to a month because we, when I started looking, I was getting no traction at all, and I had to kind of you know push even further to you know to try and leverage some of my old contacts from when I was in rental markets in Ballarat, um, and and that was the only way I got a bit of an insight. But there was no chance to get housing for them, and that, he was he was like a you know a farm manager type level, so he had plenty of. Plenty of income to um to cover the rent and stuff, but there just wasn't stock, like you're saying. Just well, that, at there. that point, it's a similar sort of thing. Everyone from Melbourne was moving to Bendigo, so yeah. there was like if you had a house for rent, there was a hundred people visiting it. Whereas whereas previously, nobody wanted to live in Bendigo. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just like that. It is. Just, it's been a very very odd. You know, going from COVID, we thought we're over this now. This is fine. We're back to normal. Back to business. Uh, Either a portion of the population don't want to get back into the workforce or have left the workforce or there's a housing shortage. It's just, we, we had one chap who uh, applied for a job and, and he was so far away. He was planning on flying in with his own plane. And <laughs> so that, that is how good packed and parked products are. <laughs> <laughs> I know we, we should get into the airdrops. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, that's what I see. It'd be good for the distribution that you do of the product. Yeah. Because you you do a few k's distributing the product too, so you know you could have him you could have him just delivering, you know, straight from the aircraft. I did I did actually before we we'd usually discuss all of our complaints. Oh yes, that, that, that we get at the start of the podcast. So we haven't actually um, discussed that this week, but we did have a complaint about Patton Park. What? Oh we no. Did. We what did. was this one? What was this one? It was from one of our, our avid listeners and one of our competitors who's got his own podcast actually. Uh, you lost Martin, me on that. Martin Murray. This was a couple yeah. of months ago. Mm. He he ordered Patton Park products, but he was too remote to receive them. Oh, right, okay. He was he was he wanted to try haggis and black pudding for the first time, and he's just far too remote to receive Patton Park products. So where's where is he based? Um, it's New South Wales, isn't he? Somewhere like is he Western New South Wales? Yes. Oh. Yeah, well, that that whole so one of the great one of the big wins this year has been highly testing the board. But one of our big wins, we've got a new courier that deliver Perth to Port Douglas, um, so they can get it in Perth in a week. They do they've basically opened the country up to us. So wherever you get Hello Fresh's stuff, they're the same courier. Okay, okay, you can get our stuff to the door, and they've been all they're easier. He's close to Moree, so quite northern New South Wales. Yeah, too far out it must be. Right, you know what? That's that's the problem with living remote, remote in rural Australia. You can't get that, access to good with, food. So, so even with this Hello Fresh kind of teaming up with that deliverer, that would still be maybe, or is it that maybe if he tries again, he might be lucky. He look, he may be lucky. It's always good to revisit um, or talk to us, and we can orchestrate him uh, next time he visits the big smoke. <laughs> taking take, you know, some product for the freezer back. Stick, stick, that, some, stick some black puddings in his pocket. So. That's, that's it. 
but we've and that's we've always had so much interest from everywhere and we just we've only really been able to do victoria and sydney and then fly it to you know we, we've had a long-term customer in uh, cairns and we fly them a care package you know every couple of weeks so we've we've always been able to get stuff to sort of airports but it's it has been painful. And this this new courier has just been epic because they do cover a lot of land, but mm. um, they only go where it's viable. So yeah, of course, no- I'm glad you I'm glad you term it as a care package because it is kind of like a community service that you're offering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like to think about it like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you should actually change it to not for profit, <laughs> and then you can get like tax benefits and whatnot. Well, or a or a religious or religious. I was looking not that long ago. I started investigating the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster as an alternative, you know, potential religion. Um, and maybe you could make a a new church around some kind of a awful deity. Well, I, I can see that. I can see that as well. Um, yeah, I'll, we'll give that some thoughts. A cult, maybe more than anything. <laughs> so sacrifice. So do, do you know, Jim? We had our. Uh, we as as a business, we like to have a staff outing once a year, mm, yeah. where, where we go and do something. You know, like a, companies do that. You know, corporate retreats. They might go mm. golfing or to a vineyard or something. Last year's corporate retreat for our normal business EP3 was to go to Chuka and visit Patton Park, <laughs> and um, we took a lot of selfies and stuff. And my friend said to me, "Those pictures are the happiest I've ever seen you two. <laughs> 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 but it, but it was it was a fascinating facility. T- tell us about like one of the things I found fascinating about was the pork pie machine yeah. for the actual casings. Yeah, tell us how much that costs again. <laughs> the pork pie. The the are we the, talking the black pork pie. The pork pie for the casings. You know, with the uh, the pastry to, to do the thing. I think it was sixty five grand. But it, that'd be 120 now, post COVID. And all that does is make the casings. Presses out to well, and that's minus the ringlets, which we had to get done specially as well. Um, and really, we need two of them, but we don't really have the space. As you you can see, you could barely swing a pin in our facility. It's it's uh, pretty small, but um, yeah. So, and that that machine came from the same town that. Pete, my business partner, and I are from in the UK, so it's a John. You mod- is that that's is that the one you modified slightly or something? Is that that one? No, but so we built the first one, yeah. And then we we got the second one, which was sort of hand operated, and then this third one, the AM four thousand, which you can you may be able to hear in the background now. I've just escaped from the port pie line, uh, but uh, that presses out the bases and then there's the heater element, which does the lids. But at the moment, our sort of style, we crimp the lids by hand uh which gives them a, a nicer sort of look but just is actually quite a bit faster so you'd be i think people are always surprised this the sheer level of labor intensity in what we do so it's, it's five people on the line and we can when we're going well we can do 500 pies an hour but we only do that one day a week because your business partner is pete tong isn't he that's it yes so do you always say that when something goes wrong yes i do <laughs> Do you do you, you won't get that, Matt? Would you? That's a that's a um an English joke, surely. Is it was you're referring to a different Pete Tong then, are you? Yeah. So I've gone Pete Tong. Oh, is that is that an actual? <laughs> is it really? Oh, I didn't right. know that. I didn't know that phrase. Right. Okay. So I've gone Pete Tong. So I've gone wrong. 
the so actually one thing wouldn't actually mind you repeating it again because we've got new listeners tell us yeah. a story about how you set up patton park because it's quite interesting yeah yeah no no problem at all so uh pete and i were backpacking um pete was a, a chef uh, a british trained chef disillusioned with chefing hated the hours but loves food thinks in food i just done a, a business degree in liverpool uni and had spent a previous um summer pig farming in bunaloo so we uh we Traveling the world, we were going to do London in a day, New York in a week, Fiji in a month, Australia in a year. So that was our, our thing. Got to Australia, based ourselves on my godfather's pig farm, Pacton Park. Um, oh, Pacton Park was part of it. There's a couple of different farms all combined. But um, couldn't find a decent port pie while we are in Australia. And we're on a pig farm. I've got a business degree, piece of chef's flight. We've got all the skills it should take to to make the product. So we started out with the pork pies. We um, converted a derelict dairy on the old farm into a commercial kitchen, um, built our own pork pie machine, a stainless steel benches, tile for a month, um, got going, started with farmer's markets, and gradually over the years we've built up and built up our, uh, our, our areas. So these days we sell to every state in Australia. We sell as far north as Hong Kong. We, uh, we supply the Hong Kong Cricket Club of all places um and we do what just 13 lines and five of those are sausages a few extra at christmas mind you um yeah. yeah that's it it's like any good menu less on it usually is better so um yeah how, how, many, get, how, yeah. how, how many pork pies are you doing a year oh let's let's we do we do two thousand to what three thousand a week depending on the time of year february is quiet december is manic so we'll be baking in December. The week before Christmas, we'll probably bake ten thousand. Um, yeah, and we. Could... So this is your this is your busiest time of year, is it? In the lead up to Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's um, December. The the three weeks of December, which are the next three weeks, are just like you know a month or half a month in a week. Like they're just huge. So which is highly terrifying and i've spent six months planning for it um it's just every all the bottlenecks just get full all the couriers you know we've had christmases where couriers have lost pallets mm. uh, it, it, no one can cope i think the last year the last delivery was made on christmas eve at 11 p.m so everything's backlogged from a production point of view you can you can plan the best you can and you we don't have staff parties in December anymore after one incident where <laughs> the team were a little bit um, <laughs> slow following a Thursday. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, it's, it's – it's, um, and Christmas, especially the past few years following COVID, everyone's been super particular that they have a special Christmas. Hmm. So everyone is highly demanding and highly – um they, they, they just want everything just so so you've got to deliver that and we we're pretty good touch wood um and we we rarely make a mistake but there's always one or two i always carry extra gammons for such an eventuality and i'm on standby the you know the few days before christmas so i can, I can drive anywhere i've got to drive what, yeah. what's so support so pies was the genesis of patton park yeah, yeah? what yes. Then you've got black pudding. So we, we started with we went into sausages because yep. they're an easy 
you know, same equipment, just a sausage filler. And back when we started 15 years ago, pork sausages weren't huge in Australia. It was mainly beef and lamb. So, and Poms used to complain about the sausage because they're, they're quite, in the UK, a sausage was, you know, quite a gourmet item, whereas in Australia, it tended to be a snag. You know, it was it was a byproduct of butchering all the waste meat would go into the sausage. So we now now the whole game's changed and sausages are quite gourmet across the across the board. But so we started with that. Black pudding was always a big must. Went on to black pudding and then at farmers markets people would ask us for haggis, scotch eggs, gammon, XYZ. So then eventually we we and we tried to use nose to tail the pigs so there was no waste because we we're buying in whole bodies. So that's sort of how the whole um and it, it depends on what people ask us for, you know. I get asked for faggots quite regularly, um, so that's on the list. Um, Hazlitt, all these sort of random. Faggots more- is a faggots sure. is a sort of. Uh, I say it's a pretty obscure one, even in the UK. Unless you're from Wales. What, what did <laughs> I think they call them something else in Scotland? It's like a beef olive. Was that the same thing? Um, mate, uh, I don't. I think isn't that wrapped with um, bacon? No, it's wrapped with. It's like mincemeat wrapped with. Uh, sizzle steak, sizzle steak. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas, whereas a, a faggot is like um, liver and pork mince wrapped in coal fat, pig's ah, coal. Okay, so it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's not often. Not often you can use the term faggots and not get cancelled. Well, <laughs> I like to push the boat out. Yeah, <laughs> you might need to think of an, another descriptor, perhaps if you want to try and market it more broadly. I'm not sure. Oh, well, I, I don't think so. I, I think well, that's like, the tradition. That's the traditional name. So you just stick with tradition. Yeah. And people like, it, uh, you know, people think twice about it, don't they? So, yeah. The the um. Or you is, could you could what, you could market it to a whole new group of people um, that have got high disposable income. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's on the list for next year. I you two of it as my uh, my tasters. Hmm. Yeah, that's all right. That's right. We're always up for. Uh... Oh, I was. I was just waiting for Andrew to put it forward. His request of what's that square sausage or something? Yeah, you, you uh, like, to be honest, I'm not a, like I'm a massive fan of. I know that we're popular for you, but well, we do we do lawn. We do do lawn. You do lawn. See, I'm just not a huge fan of it. Yeah, well, it isn't a particularly big seller for us either. Um, probably the way we pack it. Um. Yeah, it's, we want to work on that. It's one of our. It's a product that could be better. Um, being Sassanax, we don't quite get it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> true. And but I just like I'm like my old man loves it, but I, I would always go for a link sausage instead of a square sausage every yeah. time. Yeah. But Scotch pies is probably the one you get need to get. Them. They're on the list. They're, I think they'd be great with what with everything we do now. And also, uh, also the fact that the mutton market is so low, mm, yeah. the price of mutton is so low, you could actually value add the mutton industry. Yeah, you could support support the Australian sheep farmer as well as so yeah. Australian well, pork we, farmer. We, we made lamb sausages for a sheep. We we tend to only deal in pork, and very rarely, if we get asked very nicely, we'll make uh, lamb sausages. We used to we used to do the the uh, the sheep and wool show, and oh, we yeah. were lamb in bendigo and we do lamb burgers and this was this was maybe 10 years ago this was our payday it was we it was so lucrative but it was so exhausting we'd we'd do sort of three to four thousand lamb burgers 
over three days, but you couldn't see the end of the queue because of the smoke from the barbecues. This yeah. is like it, it was insane. And we, I didn't eat lamb for a long time after doing that. Everything was coated in lamb fat, our clothes. So you could just, my gazebo for farmer's markets, I'd take it out for the next two years and you can still smell lamb fat. So, yeah. So your, your background, so you got you and Pete, Pete's the chef. You're the you're the, the, the guy with the business degree. Yeah. I'm guessing you do the marketing as well. Yes. So and tell, we're, so, we're we're unofficial. We're the unofficial marketing. We're, as no, well, we're, we're the, we're the amb- ambassadors unofficial. Oh, that's an ambassador. That's it. That's an ambassador. Yeah. Um, or stalkers. I depend on what depends on you. <laughs> so, so if you, yeah. Right. So, so let's let's one of the things that we always get. Yeah, we always ask every guest their views on black pudding. Yes. All the views on haggis, and it's a mixed bag. Yeah. You get yeah. some people that say love it, great, fantastic product saves the environment, blah, blah, blah. But then you get some that are just like, not for me, or but they won't even try it. Yeah, there's some yeah. that don't even know really what it is, and they've never tried it, so you, it's, you it's, can't. It's disgusting. Bob Catter, wasn't sure of it. Yeah. Uh, so, Jim, give us the pitch for a new person who hasn't had black pudding, why they should try it. Uh, well, it's a superfood. I'll start off with, uh, with the health benefits. It's a superfood, high in iron, very good for you. Um, it is. It's just such a delicious thing. I, I have so many customers that tell me that they used to eat it as kids and found out what it was. And then I ask them, "How do you have your steak?" And if it's anything less than well done, then you should be eating black pudding because black pudding's better, more cooked through than a than a, a medium rare steak. Um, so there we go. Black pudding is the way to go. Really is. So and black, I, black pudding's I, the future. Black pudding is the future. It really is. And haggis, I used to do a, a tasting on a paddle steamer, uh, being a tutor being the paddle steamer capital of Australia. I used to do a test paddle steamer every week, and I'd always take a couple of pork pies down to to warm up the the guests on board, and I'd take down a haggis as a shock and awe. You know, I'd say, yeah, I've done this tasting for three years. Everyone bar one's tried it, and that person we made walk the plank, so don't be the second. And straight away is relatively game or i can't let down the side i've got to do this and everyone tends to really enjoy it uh vegans i've always found a hard sell but but (laughs) me tend to enjoy it and if you don't call it haggis if you call it you know um scottish sausage or you called it hot pate you know people that's that's exactly how i I, that's how i describe it as hot hot patty yeah so yeah. It's good. You've sold, I, well, I was going to say you've sold it to me, but like, <laughs> I'd just be I'd just be lying because it's already been sold to me a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, we got off we got off the topic a little bit on the labour side, but did, so did, you said it was tricky, but is it still problematic? It sounds like it's not resolved yet. Um, look, fortunately, we've not needed to recruit. Um, we had to run a like usually we'd we do a recruiting campaign and we'd get the team members we needed, but we had one person come in for an interview that um, and they they didn't follow the protocol. Usually, you know, send a letter saying why you want the job and your resume. Well, they just turned up to the shop. I'd be keen. So one person they've been fantastic, but you know, it's normal rules don't apply anymore. You know, um, you can't turn people. I, even an admin role, you know, we, we had two candidates and the calibre was nowhere near what it previously was, 
Um, so it's, it's, it's not just the availability, it's the quality as well. So fortunately, I think things are coming to a bit more of a normal now. Um, fortunately, our team seem pretty happy. After Pigs in Blanket Week, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we may have a different story. But for the, mo- for the moment, they're okay. But yeah, I, I don't know quite. Everyone, everyone I speak to in business, in every walk of business, is you know in the same boat. One of our ex-team members, her husband's putting in uh, an automated dairy because he just couldn't get milkers. You know, it's um, it's just it's a tough. It is a highly tough marketplace, and I don't know what will change it. But your uh, your process, like you described with the pork pies, is, there's a bit of a manual process to that crimping. Um, you couldn't, you, you the labour is an essential for you, given the artisanal nature of what you're doing, right? It is. It is. There's certain elements that we could um, that we could move to automation, but if I, well, we always have a list of the kit we really need, and when we get to a certain point, we'll get it. And that list is at like two million dollars. And it's not really that high tech sort of stuff. So really, we we could we'd, we'd spend it if we if we couldn't get people, but we'd rather not, especially with interest rates. Mm. Yeah. When you mentioned, I think we talked a bit at the start too about food inflation. But I wonder too, not just the food inflation side, but are you noticing from the cost of items coming in, as in as in raw, raw materials for your for your inputs into the product? Are you noticing that's been tricky to manoeuvre as well? It's been really tough. So what we've decided to do is not raise our prices, apart from a couple of lines over the past 12 months, because we feel that the market can handle it. People are struggling. If we can just be more efficient or, you know, find a way of of managing that, which we sort of just about have. um, But it's customers that we're ordering every Every week, I'm talking wholesale customers that would order every week or order every fortnight. Those order every fortnight or ordering every month. So basically, our, our wholesale customer base has halved over the past 12 months. And I've just had to work my arse off driving around the country picking up new stockists. So we've got an extra 200 new stockists than we had last year. And if I look at probably last month, 50% of our turnover was with those new customers, That's good. which which is staggering, really. And our turnover's only grown by what twenty percent year on year. So it just shows if I hadn't have done if I hadn't have got off my ass and driven to every state, we've been a real pickle. The market has just flatlined. And that's why this new courier coming on board has been so important to us because it's opened up an area that we, we couldn't previously cover. So um yeah, so food inflation from a retail perspective <laughs> Pigs are the only thing that I don't think has have changed much at all. Thank yeah. goodness. Um, but yeah, our ingredients. Fortunately, the ingredients are such a small percentage. You know, it's mainly blood or pork, uh, or uh, yeah, pork or pig's blood are the main ingredients. And then you know, flour hasn't gone up too much, fortunately. But we went through a period where everything was going up so much. We were sort of like, when's, when's, when's it going to stop? Well, that's it. And with us, it's all those things. You know. So obviously we're, we we were backpackers, so we've we've um, sort of self-made almost. So we owe a lot of money in interest interest payments. So that's hurt us. Electricity. We're in the small goods business. We've got you know three cool rooms, three freezer rooms. So that's hurting. And with every inch of the roof is covered in solar panels. The the market 
isn't buying because people are, you know, slimming down. They're buying one pot of pie instead of four. Um, they're doing wrestling instead of... Not, a- not Andrew, not Andrew. Not Andrew, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> to, um, to eat extra, yeah. He's keeping us afloat, really is. Well, I'm, I'm trying my best. That's like... A- and maybe that's what we need to do is set up like a like a, a second economy where we sort of we get more work as analysts, which allows mm-hmm. us to then buy more products. Yeah. And and it flows through. It's like trickle down economics, trickle down mm-hmm. black pudding. But trickle it's down. but it, it is interesting though, because like I was in local calls the other day, <clears throat> and it does feel like there are more uh awful based products available. Yes. Like they had, I did notice uh, they had the Irish one, which I really don't like. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that's beef. That's beef blood, not pork. Blood. That's blood. I don't want to. I don't want to bag the the competition, but it's just it's just not good. And the, the British sausage company. Yeah, they have two lines now, which is interesting. Of black pudding. Do they? I only thought they had one. What's their second? So they've got the line in the little cardboard tubs, similar similar to your ones. And then they've got the individual ones in the deli counter. Ah, right. In natural things. And it looks like more like a Spanish style. It is British sausage company, but it looks more like a Spanish style. I haven't bought it because obviously I'm not going to be buying the competition stuff, obviously, Jim. You know, (laughs) people would always say like Andrew's a loyal man. So, but yeah, I just noticed there is more, more availability of different products. Yes. Um, so which and they had the I was saying before offline that they did have the pork pies, but not patent pork ones. They had the other ones. Um they were they were okay. <laughs> They're okay. They, it, it sorted it sorted me out for when I when I needed a, a fill, but that was yeah. it. Yeah, no, there's a few more on the market. So the companies you mentioned were here before we were. Clonakil T, obviously they've been in Ireland for a long time. They're a bit later to the market. And when Connor Kilty first entered the Blackberry market, we did see a drop because ours was still very rustic packaging and there's a, a pretty smart bot. Our um, food service remained quite strong. But you you do need competition, don't you, to, to keep you on your toes and keep you working and changing and tweaking. Uh, we, um, I suppose we, we, are, we operate in a different sort of um, target retailer than those guys like um, Connor Kilty do a lot of the IGAs there in Woolly. Um, British Sausage Company, uh, a Coles, Woolies, um, Aldi based. We're more sort of high end independent butchers. Like butchers really are our bread and butter these days. Anyone that understands meat, loves meat, tends to shop at a butcher. Like and in like in Barrel. Just like at Simon's in Barrel, yeah. Great, great example. And a butcher won't tend to carry two or three different black puddings. Um, I'm probably giving two away too many of my secrets. I hope my competition aren't listening. But yeah, that so we really we specialise in butchers, we look after them, we get them on the website and we push people to them. And yes, we do home deliveries around the country, but I would rather people go to our wholesale customers than order direct from me because that's you know, I enjoy dealing with professionals in the industry like it's quite nice to and then to go into these places you know we'll go on holiday somewhere and I, you know it's exciting to go mm, and see, see a product. It's, it's a great thrill yeah so um yeah so there is more competition 
and it has but, to but, but it, it, like, it's more competition but it's more awareness of yes. these type of products so people are more likely to try it and then it flows through so i'm going to say this some of the listeners that haven't tried the product but are interested or have tried the product and can't find it like our friend martin murray Going yep. to your local, going to your local quality butcher and um, and inquire, and, and if they haven't got Pacton Park, ask them why, and get them in touch. So we can say, don't don't ask them. Tell demand, them. demand it. <laughs> I'm not leaving here till we find demand out where the Pacton Park is. <laughs> it's it's a funny one. Like it is interesting because like obviously, Jim, the two of us are both expat British people in Australia. <laughs> And so there's a lot of cultural differences, you know, yep. and, and I do notice that you go into Wools and Coles, yeah, and mm. there's always an international section. But I'm always surprised by how small the British section is. Like, we don't really get represented, because I think people think British food is bad. And I don't yes. think it is. I think it's only bad if it's done properly. And, and but that's what makes it good. <laughs> And I think, and I think there needs to be a resurgence of British cuisine, because everyone, everyone, everyone's focused on Thai, Vietnamese, Italian, you know. Whereas we need toad in the hole. We need toad in the hole to make a comeback. I don't, I don't know. It's British cuisine is like one of those sort of. Um, it's it's a dirty word. You can't talk about it, but it's everyone's secret favorite thing. You know, there was a when we first started the business. Three, you know, two of the three MasterChef judges were were Poms, um, all the major celebrity chefs uh, that weren't domestic. Gordon Ramsay, Gordon, Jamie Jim, Oliver, Nigella, uh, Nigella, Microwavi. And the, so British cuisine is a bit more represented. It's like gammon. Gammon for your listeners that don't know what gammon is, it's basically a raw ham. And in in the UK, you would boil and bake your ham at Christmas, so you have a hot glazed ham um and that's just part of the christmas tradition whereas in australia you've always had a hot smoked and you, which you can have cold straight away or you can then glaze which is really trying to emulate the uh, the gammon but nigella will do a segment on telly doing a gammon joint and you wouldn't believe the number of emails <laughs> and, and phone calls we get just off the back of that so it's um people are always aware i suppose with the 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 POM is the highest um, uh, expat community in Australia. So there's always, you know, people know it, but it, it is, it's not as cool, I suppose, as Vietnamese or. But how, or, but, but how or come, it, how come, like, when, when we talk about, like, if you asked 100 people the favorite musician, yeah? Yeah. It's going to be a British band. More often than not, I reckon, Matt, would you reckon? Yeah, that's a fair call. I reckon there's quite a few classic British bands that are up there. Oh, that's even yeah. modern, like Sam Fender, The Beatles, mm. uh, ACDC, Jimmy Barnes. <laughs> like, there's not actually that. Even if you, even if people start pointing out like Australian bands, it turns out yeah. they're, they're well, British there are, as well. There are there are even some British bands that you didn't, or ones that you didn't even know were Scottish bands. Like that simple, I had to tell simple you they were. <laughs> yeah, so, I thought they were Aussie, but so there you go. Like. Maybe we need to sort of just have a resurgence of, of the style of British people. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So what, so next year you've got faggots potentially on the menu, scotch pies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've we've um, we've got a few little yeah we've got a few little things we're we're pondering on and working on. So th this year when I when I look at the beginning and the end, it's 
it's been a hard year, but it's been a great year. We've the facility's never been as productive. We've got a far better what distribution network, um, more customers in random places, which I love. Um, so it, it has been a good year, and we know when the market comes back, it'll be it'll be awesome. But we just got to weather the storm, really. So this next year will be a highly positive year, um, and hopefully this podcast will get the yeah. So. You you on side. You'll need to uh, you'll need to sort of start looking for those staff just now. Yeah, <laughs> but we like we like to think we like to think we've had a little bit of a hand in some of those customers in random places. Yeah, like 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 your like your Martin Murray's of the world that you know are too remote to get it. We we do have a reasonable distribution list on, all, our, on all, our podcast. All that all that does is uh, it creates demand. It creates yeah. like scarcity. So Martin Murray's sitting there. Just you know, Mori listening to this saying, I wish yeah. I could try some haggis and black pudding for the first time. And and one day he will, and then mm. it'll be like delayed gratification. He'll one day try it and he'll just be like, Yep, I've been edged and I feel that this is uh this is the, the best product in the world. So I just hope he doesn't burn it after all that time. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's the risk, and that's probably the risk as well, actually. Like black pudding, yeah. Like I, I was raised with black pudding, yeah. and and if I'm in Scotland, I'd have black pudding every morning, mm. or nearly every morning. But how do you go about like Aussies who don't know how to cook black pudding or haggis? Yes, well, um, I, I I explain it quite regularly, but the problem with black pudding is because it's black, you don't know <laughs> yeah. when it's cooked. Work at the time. Um, you can undercook it quite easily. Well, it's never undercooked because it's already cooked and it's just heating it through. But um, it can it can get messed up quite easily. But yeah, um, what we've done recently, we've all on our packaging, we've always had how to cook, but we've just put QR codes on the latest batch. So it takes video. Up, there you go. Takes people to our go. website and learn more. We've put a few. Gradually, I'm plonking on a few more recipes just to sort of keep it all. Moving and then once people are on the website, hopefully they can locate our stockists or order online or or what have you. Black pudding with scallops. Mm. There we go. Jesus, it's not. It's not just a. It's not not just a peasant food, Matt. No, it's not. Not at all. Never. I don't think it ever was. Uh, not some of peasant food in our household. That's for sure. There you go. <laughs> but we've um we've taken up a lot of Jim's time here in a very busy. I'm conscious it's a very busy time of year for him. So I don't know if we should you know kind of. Let him go shortly. Um, if you want to ask anything else, I, I'm free for a bit. You're quite all right. I'm trying to think of the... I'm, I'm avoiding making pork pies. But... <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the question I had, yeah, was uh, I, I follow the BBC Scotland Facebook page, yeah? Yeah. And so every now and then, I know they're just trolling, yeah? Every now and then, they put up a video of how to make vegan haggis <laughs> and then you'll just see thousands of comments below it like this is sacrilegious and da, 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 da. have you actually ever a well first of all have you tried vegan haggis and b would you consider producing a vegan haggis oh wash your mouth out andrew Waterloo. well what's uh, your mouth out it's a, fair, it's a fair question so the guy um he a friend of ours who designed all our packaging uh from wigan in the uk he now lives in adelaide he has become a vegan. He used to be our biggest, our second biggest uh, pudding eater. Um, 
he's loved the haggis of that thing, but he's gone vegan now. I I don't know what's he's met, met a girl. Uh, he'd already known her, and she was a big haggis eater. I don't know, a bump on the head. Don't know what it was, but anyway. So, and because he loved haggis so much, and he likes eating haggis, he just doesn't want to eat meat. He wants us to to create this vegan haggis. So we we ummed and we are, and we said, Do you know what? We get asked so infrequently about it, and it's not who we are. We are butchers. We're we're into free range meat. That's us. You can't please everyone. So sorry, no. So so. <laughs> I've good, I've tried, good answer. I've, good answer, I've, Jim. Yeah. Good answer. Look, I've tried. I've tried vegan haggis, yeah. Yeah. And it's not bad. Okay. But it's not haggis. Yes. Like it's 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 a good product. Like it's it's not like a fake meat or anything. It's just a minced mushroom mushroom, mush, sort mushroom. Of thing. Like it's not it's not a it's not a bad thing. Uh, yeah. But and I'd probably buy it if I was looking to eat more veggies and whatnot. But then again, haggis has got vegetables in it. Yes. So, onions, <laughs> onions, <laughs> onions, and oats. Like what else do you need? Yeah. So no, no, no veg, no vegan haggis for the, no for the time. Haggis no, and no real variation on things coming this next year. Maybe we are hardly considering the Scotch pies and maybe a few other little tweaks. But um, yeah. I, I've only seen Scotch pies in two places in Australia. Yeah. A butcher's down in Sunbury. Yeah. Uh, and they were okay, but they're a bit greasy. Um, yeah. And Meyer in Perth, no, David Jones <laughs> in Perth. When I lived yeah. there, when I lived in Perth, I only saw them once, and I think it was twelve dollars per pie. Yeah, and I was like, "This is good, but it's not like I'm used to paying a pound in the UK for four. Yeah, so, so that's, that's that's the difficulty. You, I think, if you went back to the UK now, you see a real difference. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the price has gone up a bit now. Considerably, but even so, I know food, especially that expat food, is always quite expensive, especially in David Jones. And we mm. supplied Sydney and um in Melbourne, when they when they had their food store in Melbourne, they used to be our biggest haggis buyer. I think the sort of people that eat pork pies, Scotch pies and haggis shop in David Jones. So so, Scot- so Scottish and British people are wealthy. <laughs> Whereas Matt Matt does most of the shopping and best and less. <laughs> you're talking. You're talking about my clothes shopping, not my uh, food shopping. The uh, I did have another point. Oh, I was going to say there is actually one of the places I went to recently, and I don't know if they're a customer of yours yet, but they should yeah. be. St Kilda in Melbourne. Yeah, they've got a fish and chip shop called Great Northern Soul. Northern Soul, yeah. They're good. They're, they've taken a few things in the past, but um. Yeah, whenever we're in St Kilda, we get fish and chips from there. Epic. Really, sausage, really. sausage supper with curry sauce. Oh, jeez. This, this, <laughs> yeah. Once, a bit of news, actually. Maybe, Matthew, like breaking news of today, mm-hmm. the new actor and interim managing director of Meat and Livestock Australia. Correct, yes, is yes. Andrew, Andrew Ferguson, Ferguson. Yeah. Who's, who's Scottish and studied at uh, Strathclyde Uni. So maybe as the Scottish agricultural mafia starts to take over Australian agriculture, maybe MLA could fund some research or fund some advocacy for black pudding and haggis. Well, yes, yeah, they well they certainly they certainly can fund the pro, side pro, of it. pro five or six million. Why, why not? Why not have a joint 
Australian Pork Limited MLA venture where they fund some money into you know promoting both haggis and black pudding. So supporting the sheep sector and the no, big no, sector. No, no, to tell. You've heard mm. it here first. Yeah, put, put twenty million into it. Margot Andre's been on the show here, CEO of Australian Pork. She's, first, she's a, first guest, I think. That's yeah, it. first guest she was, and and we've got we know there's quite a few Australian Pork Limited listeners there in the policy team and whatnot. So maybe they could present that to Margot and say we need to support, you know, this kind of product. These these people that are promoting high high value, uh, high superfood, healthy eating. There we go. Mm-hmm. As part of the sustainable ESG goals for the industry, that's it. That's it. That's it. Waste not, want not. That could be. That could be the. That could be the. Uh, the catch. Everyone. Everyone's a winner. Right. Oh, we're getting okay. to the stage where we're probably getting a bit silly. Yes. And we're trying to we're trying to maintain a serious podcast these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jim, uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, thanks. Oh, thanks for uh, for doing your bit for. Uh, Australian British relations. Um, you'd probably get an Order of Australia medal. Would you get an Order mm-hmm. of Australia medal, or would you get an OB? Would it would it be would it be an award from Britain or an award from Australia? Well, I don't, I'm here on a New Zealand passport, so I don't think I get either. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you a Kiwi? My my uh, my mum was born in the in New Zealand. She learned to walk up to the UK. Her parents were English, so. Um, I'm here on a New Zealand uh, uh, passport. My wife is a New Zealand family um, visa, and both my kids are British citizens until they're ten, and then they become can become Aussies. Um, but now, you, it, but is New Zealanders can get citizenship now. We we can, uh, but the process is just so they keep changing the the rules. So uh, I'm not quite sure where we're up to at the moment, but. Yeah, we we just we stick it out until the kids are ten. I think. Yeah, but we got dual citizenship. Yeah, UK and uh, New Zealand. I'll I'll be an Aussie one day, but um, yeah. through the kids. <laughs> yeah, easy. So kids there can we go. Adop- kids, right. kids can adopt you. There yeah. you go. Thank you. All right. Well, it's great to have you on again. Um, good to hear that the that the business is going well and and hopefully continues to get stronger. Thanks for the support, guys. I do appreciate it. No worries. We'll catch no worries. you in a bit. See you when you got nothing on. Ciao for yeah. now. Take care. Bye.